you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The Season with Peter Schrager is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Season with Peter Schrager. This is the Combine Week episode, an annual tradition. And as we record this, it is Thursday morning of Combine Week. Let me give you a quick schedule of events. Thursday afternoon, likely when this thing posts, the defensive linemen and the linebackers are all going to be doing their workouts in Indianapolis. On Friday, Friday night, we get our defensive backs and our tight ends doing their drills in their 40s. And then Saturday is the big one. Saturday is when you get your running backs, your wide receivers, and then the Primetime event will be the quarterbacks throwing in the late afternoon, early evening. And then on Sunday, we wrap it up with offensive linemen. So you have Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That is the schedule. I am currently in New York City right now, and uh, I'm with Jason English and Aaron Wong Kaufman, our two fine uh, producers and executives from iHeartRadio. We're in New York City, but my schedule's been crazy. So I flew to Indianapolis Monday, was there for Tuesday morning, good morning football, Wednesday morning, good morning football, flew back last night, got back here. I'm doing good morning football in studio Thursday, which was just now, and Friday to promote and to preview the combine. We're talking in-depth analysis of all the different position groups, who you should be looking for. Uh, me talking about Rook Aroro, the Clemson defensive tackle, who I think is going to light up the combine in a few hours. And on Friday's show, we'll be previewing all the quarterbacks, all the wide receivers, all the running backs, and all the offensive linemen, specifically uh, the, the guys that I want to see. Joe Alt, the big offensive tackle for the New Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And then uh, Fuaga out of Oregon State, who I'm told is already skyrocketing upwards based on his interviews. He's been awesome in interviews. All right. So I'll be there in Indianapolis because I'm flying out tomorrow after the show. I will be on the broadcast as a uh, viewer and listener tip to you. If you put on NFL Network anytime after like 3 p.m., we're just going to be wall-to-wall drills, analysis, stories. My role, I'll be 
chiming in with what GMs are telling me about these prospects. I've got a notebook full of all their names and, and all the nuggets that I have on each one of these guys and also how they're interviewing and what they're doing in the interview rooms. Uh, but my work is kind of already done because I had a wild 48 hours there, guys. Can I go through my schedule? Aaron, have you been to the combine before? I've never been to the combine. Okay, so I kind of laid it out in my monologue last week, but I'll do it again. The drills are like the shiny object that everyone looks at because it's obviously on NFL Network and it's it's broadcasted and we're going to be looking back at 40 times for the next three, three weeks, uh, you know, right up until free agency and draft. But the real work is done Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday before the drills because so many coaches, GMs, team presidents, team PR staffs, agents, and fellow media personalities all descend upon Indianapolis. And I'd say there's four main restaurants that everybody goes to at night. Those restaurants are St. Elmo's, which is the classic with the horseradish that'll drive you nuts. Harry and Izzy's, which is right next door to St. Elmo's. So geographically, if you want to do both, you could pop into St. Elmo's, walk down what feels to be like the skinniest little hallway, which is where their host uh, hostess stand is. And then they lead you into all these different dining rooms. Harry and Izzy's is right next to that. They also have that insane horseradish. I wonder uh, what the deal is because they have the same horseradish, but it feels like they're like an off branch of St. Elmo's. feels like the guy from St. Elmo's left and joined and started this thing because their menu also has pizza and has chicken and has like fish and they have an insane cocktail, you know, shrimp deal over there too. So those are those two. Those are in the same little block. Then you've got this new one named Tony's, which is kind of like an upscale, like more of like a, Oh, I don't know, like a Del Frisco's feel. Like it's like a little bit more modern. It's not an old school steakhouse. And there's a whole group of guys that go over there and gals that go there. And that's any night you can go to Tony's and you can see people. All right. And then the fourth one is Prime 47. Prime 47 is where you end the night. Prime 47 is a steakhouse in name, but I have to think they're pulling in hundreds of thousands of dollars each night after 10 o'clock because that bar is everyone. That is where everyone descends upon. Now, in the corner table at Saint El, at uh, at Prime 47 is a guy named Bob Lamont. Bob Lamont is 79 years old. He is an agent to other coaches. He's Andy Reid's agent. He was Mike Holmgren's agent. He's Sean McVay's agent. He's Zach Taylor's agent. He's Howie Roseman's agent. He, he's the agent for most of these guys and has been doing it for years. And he just has what seems to be an open tab for any of his friends or any of his clients to come by, kiss the ring, say hello. And it becomes this incredible meeting spot at the end of the night where everyone goes and kind of filters in to just say hello to Bob, but to also maybe get a free vodka soda if you want. With great regret, I did not see Bob Lamont this year. Didn't make it there. I was in I was in bed on Tuesday at like 9.30. He and I did texting all the stuff. Didn't see him. Didn't go to his table. However, I did pop into Prime 47 and it was alive as always. But let me give you my little schedule and what, what I banged out while I was in there. Landed the plane at 4.30 on Monday and we had a five o'clock reservation at St. Elmo's. And that was with, here's the table, Andy Reid, Steve Spagnolo, Brett Veach, GM of the Chiefs, and then their entire front office staff and Ted Cruz, who is their, their public relations impresario. I was sitting in between Spags and Andy. They left me a seat open, which was the ultimate honor, and across from Veach, uh, two-hour dinner, 
awesome. Andy Reid, does he order the cheeseburger? There's no cheeseburger on the menu at St. Elmo's. Goes with a porterhouse and they say green beans or fries. Andy Reid says, I'll splurge, we'll go for the fries. I was not surprised by that decision. Uh, watching Andy eat that cocktail shrimp with the horseradish and make like a wincing face. I think that's like an, an image I'll never, never lose. And I'll always have in my head. Um, Andy's so great. He was asking about me and my family. He's asking about good morning football. He's talking about what time you got to wake up. All right. And you live in New York city. And I was like, and then we went to like the details. Like we had a really, really in-depth conversation and a heart to heart really with Spags and Andy. And I, it, we used the podcast from last week as kind of a jumping off point. And I asked about leadership and and what they see in Patrick. And Andy was talking about, you know, the drafting of Mahomes, everyone now, you know, it's, it is what it is. He's like, but at the time, that was such a delicate situation. John Dorsey was a GM. They had just paid Alex Smith. And he says, Patrick came in with the right attitude of, I'm not looking to usurp you. I'm not looking to take you over. But also Alex Smith had the right attitude of, yeah, of course I could be threatened. And of course this could be a really uncomfortable situation. But Alex Smith, Say what you want about him. He did it with Kaepernick and he did it with him. Took him right under his wing and showed him everything he possibly could and paid it forward. And he says that was the atmosphere that we want in Kansas City, to which led to drafting all of these young players and having them succeed. I thought what Spag said last week on this podcast was so cool when he was talking about how he had so much trust in third-year linebacker Nick Bolton. And it was that trust and that and that implicit, like, hey, if Bolton says I'm all in, then everyone else is going to be an all-in. We're going to be in the right page. And then that third and four blitz, McDuffie goes, and it's because Bolton nodded his head. Uh, a lot of that stuff was there. And then the conversation took this, like, really interesting turn, which is what I think the beauty of the combine is. Brett Veach starts talking about how he's really – really upset that he's not going to be able to get to the Butler-St. John's game, which is in Indianapolis at the same time. Butler-St. John's, who gives a shit? Butler versus St. John's. And he's like, I've always wanted to meet Patino. And so then we start talking about Patino. And then he gets into the thing and like, Andy's like, well, you know, Patino had Billy Donovan back at Providence. And I'm like, yeah, I know that. And then I'm like, then he goes to Kentucky and I start talking about Patino's Kentucky teams and, and, and having Jamal Mashburn and Derek Phelps in the early ones and Jamel Martinez. And then I, and they're like, Schrager, you know way too much about the nineties Kentucky <laughs> Wildcats. And I'm like, well, when you're talking about Tony Delk and you're talking about, you know, Ron Mercer and, and my favorite player, Antoine Walker doing the shimmy. And then they're talking about how, you know, he, his story, obviously, you know, he wins the championship in Kentucky, wins the championship at Louisville. And then his whole career is over based on what happens in that Applebee's. And I don't need to go through a whole detail, but then he's coaching overseas and he's coaching at Iona. And now he's finally back at St. John's. And in the last 10 days, Rick Pitino and like Veach is laughing. He's like, you know, Rick Pitino chews out the St. John's players, chews out the program, basically says these guys aren't going to. And then they rattled off two big victories. They beat Creighton, which is a ranked team, and they blew out Georgetown. And I'm I'm talking, and Andy Reid's like, you know, that's a real roll of the dice. You can lose your whole locker room. He's like, what an what a that's at a crossroads of a season. That's a coach deliberately doing that. And I'm like, wow, to see another legendary coach talk about another legendary coach, and you know that decision to publicly get to a podium and to trash his players. That's not him just doing that willy-nilly. There's a design there. And that is Andy Reid respecting Rick Pitino. I don't know if I would have done it, but that's what he did. Um, we talked about the Taylor Swift situation. We talked about Travis Kelsey. We talked about a lot. And gosh, the love that, that these guys have for each other and the pride that they have for those players 
it was really cool. And at the end of the meal, Brett Veach says, let me take a photo of you, Spags, and, and Reed. I said, okay. Takes a photo. I look great. I'm sucking in my gut. Sucking in so hard. Andy looks good. I take the photo. And over the weekend, I made a conscious decision. I said, I'm going to start my Instagram account. I've never been on Instagram before. Aaron, you're probably in college at Instagram, right? I think I started it maybe my senior year of college. So what was that? What year? 2010, 2011? Yeah, yeah. And I remember the very first photo I had is like the early on Instagram, like had all the filters and everything. It was totally different. And it was like, yeah, but I, I do. No, remember. you got to tell me what the photo was. I like, mean, it was like a photo of like a, a windowsill. It was like, you know, oh, I'm going to be artsy with the beginning of this, not like, here's the photo of me at this thing. It was like all aesthetics. Yeah. Uh, and the cool filters. Yeah. 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 So I've known about Instagram for many years. I've heard about this <laughs> website slash app. Uh, Super Bowl ended and my wife and I were talking. She's like, what, how cool are you that you're that you, you're too cool for this? I'm like, and she's like, you don't have to get on it. However, you do have really cool experiences. And I think that it could be cool to share some of those if you wanted. And I'm like, all right, I see colleagues in our industry and they're posting things 16 times in a day. I can't do that. I, I don't have the stomach for it. It feels like a full-time job. But I said, okay, I'll start the Instagram. I went with P. Schrager because there's another guy named Peter Schrager who's who's got like a thousand followers. And I think they're probably, he hasn't posted. They're all looking for me. Um, P. Schrager, I'm on Instagram now. And Aaron, I have one post, okay? It's a picture of me reading Spags and it says, happy combine week. And it's got 17,000 likes and I've already picked up 3,000 followers on Instagram. So already I've got the bug. But the question is, and I ask you this, do I put up another picture or do I just kind of stand on that one? Or And I'm not going to, I don't plan on doing a live action stories of here are my thoughts on tight ends on day three of the draft. Like that ain't happening. I, I already mean, work for a living. I did yeah. not work for meta. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm not you, looking for the followers. I don't need, I'm never going to chase. I'm never going to catch right. up. So at this point, it's just quality over quantity. The question is, I have several other great photos from the combine. Would you post another? Or would you let that one kind of be the flex and say just one Read Spags, me. That's what we're standing. You posted that one what day? Monday night. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna preface this with I am horrible at Instagram. The last photo I posted to the like the grid is actually uh, us at the draft In with Kansas all City. the Kansas City stuff. I haven't posted like manually. So stories and reels. Right, stories is the big thing. I also am just bad at Instagram, but I think. At this point, it's Thursday. That's your post from Monday is not organically going to come up. For got it. So it's buried already. Yeah, you got it. You're going to have to go be for doing it if I want. And you know, especially if you do like you're you're walking the streets of Brooklyn, you're filming no, those yourself are for talking. Twitter. Those but are for you Twitter. can just post it on Instagram. Oh, I can. There's nothing. Nothing says it has to be platform specific. I heard a cool term. I met a guy. Um, I'll tell you who I met. So I went for pizza last week at a place called Let Industry in New yeah. York City. Yeah. Have you been? Mm -hmm. Turns out the owner, a guy named Adam Saper, is a fan of Good Morning Football, fan of football. We start talking, having a conversation, and the conversation is going a million different places. And he put it so beautifully. He's like, you know what I call that? I call that just, it's a tab. 
tab open. You can come back. Let's go back to that tab. Let's go back to that tab. I can't live with all these social media things with too many tabs open in my head. So the thought of doing videos for Twitter, but then also being on Instagram and then hearing about team, you know, hashtag this, hashtag. I, just want, I might keep it very simple. I might do one picture every week. I might do one picture every month. I just think I want to give respect to those guys. So say I take a picture of Zach Taylor in me. Does that have the same juice? Probably not. Andy Reid and Spags, that's pretty baller. Yeah, but you also, you know, if you were very particular and curated it, so like your Instagram was just you at restaurants or something. I mean, like, I don't know. There are things like that. Yes, me and coaches got, at dinner tables. Right, yeah. Boom. Or you wow, like, sounds like a TV show. In, in sounds like airplane. a podcast. Yeah, it sounds like a podcast. <laughs> this is a podcast. This is a season three of the season. Peter at dinner with coaches, uh, which is a good segue. So that was Monday night. But then on Monday night, and I don't, again, I'm probably betraying the trust of all of these men who have no idea that I'm sharing all these details because none of the none of this is for TV and none of this is for. Um, but I feel like if you listen to the season, you're into this this kind of stuff. John Spanos, who is uh, the son of Dean Spanos and works in the front office and also is one of the owners of the LA Chargers, texts me and says, are we going to see each other this week? Because I love that guy. And uh, he's a nice dude. And he's like, we're going to see each other. So I'm like, well, I'm actually at dinner right now with your arch rival chiefs. And he goes, come by, say hello. I'm at Harry and Izzy's, which is right next door. So I figure... I don't have time because I'm only there for two days. I don't have time to do like a meal with John. I don't have time to really get a coffee with John, but I do want to see John. So I'll stop in and I'll say hello and maybe I'll drink an iced tea because I got to be fresh because I got the show in the morning. I come by, I get there. At the table is John and then this guy, Ed McGuire. He used to work for the league and is now in the front office of, of, of the Chargers and some other folks with the Chargers organization start talking. I start asking about Harbaugh. They're giving me Harbaugh stories. I start asking, all right, well, what do you got? And they're giving me all the details of the hiring. I check my watch. It's two hours later. I was just in. And of course, the fat boy in me, what did I do? I ordered a second dinner. <laughs> second dinner. Second dinner. But this one was a little lighter. I had a French onion soup. Oh. <laughs> After a steak, dude. <laughs> and then they're like, will that be it? I looked at the waitress and I looked at her and she could tell I'm like meat sweats. I'm just, uh-huh. but I, I, I also have a pizza. I ordered a pizza for myself. This is like the Steinfeld episode where he's like, you ordered a soup. That's not a dinner. That's not a meal. That's not yeah. a meal. You, felt, you bet you said you're having soup. You owe me a soup, Jerry. <laughs> uh, I did the opposite of ordering a soup. I ordered everything. Uh, and then they're like, do you want ice cream? Do you want dessert? I'm like thinking about it. I'm like, all right. No, but in in a four-hour span, I was with those guys from the Chiefs and like, you know, then their arch nemesis rivals. I dance over and I just, you know, I have no allegiance to anybody. I'm truly a mercenary. I go over there and I hang with the with the Chargers guys. And um, I got to tell you, and this will make Chiefs fans who listen cringe and Broncos fans who know my affinity for their coach and all that. Chargers, I, Harbaugh is like a different deal. And this Joe Hortiz comes from 26 years with the Ravens. He's now their GM. 26 years. Uh, and, and they're talking about this new facility that they got and what Greg Roman and Harbaugh have been talking about using Justin Herbert. Now, I've, what do they call that? The banana in the tailpipe. I've fallen for that before. In recent years, I have not. In fact, I made a big deal about it on Good Morning Football two years ago when 
26 different NFL Network on-air personalities had to pick their Super Bowl champion, and 11 of them took the Chargers. And I said, guys, Chargers win every year in August. Don't fall for the Chargers. And naturally, the Chiefs were the ones lifting that Lombardi, and the Chargers were eliminated in the wild card round and, of course, missed the playoffs this year. Harbaugh wins. Harbaugh wins everywhere he goes, and there's like a winning culture. Um, really interested to see how they come out of the gates early and what they do when they play the Chiefs the first time. Because historically speaking, Herbert always plays well and the Chiefs always beat them. I mean, I think Herbert won on a Thursday night or Philip Rivers won on a Thursday night once and then Herbert won another time on a Sunday afternoon early in the season when they when Staley went for an arrowhead on fourth down like 100 times. But I got to say, I, I think the Chargers, their vibe, they're very happy. And one of the deals they said, they're like, we're waiting for that like scathing article about Harbaugh and how this isn't going to work. And like Bill Plaschke hasn't written that article yet. Sam Farmer hasn't written that article yet. Nobody at NFL or ESPN has come out and said, actually, this is going to be a colossal failure. College coaches don't work at the NFL. Like everyone seems to be on board, which is a little disarming. That's not the case usually with a new head coaching hire. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Go to bed, wake up, just feeling vile, just disgusting. (laughs) Steak, soup, pizza, you know, probably two blue cheese wedges. I had so many blue cheese wedges in two days. It was harmful. Um, Wake up, do the Good Morning Football Show. We have Todd Bowles on as a guest. 
Todd is awesome. I, I don't think of Todd Bowles as like this, like, you know, voracious uh, or what's the word even, you know, big enigmatic personality or you know, he was awesome. We talked about it. He wants Baker Mayfield back, obviously. Would love Mike Evans back, obviously. But I asked Todd Bowles about what's your memories of the Combine as a player because he played at Temple. He said, the Combine in 1985 was in New Orleans at the Superdome. And he said, I had my drills and they were delayed for some reason. It was 1985. There were no TV cameras. He goes, and I start doing my drills and someone taps me on the shoulder and says, you got to get out of here because you have a flight booked for six o'clock. And if you don't leave now, you're not going to make your airplane. So he said, so I got my stuff and I left. And I said, during the drills? He goes, yeah, I did a couple of drills. He goes, but I wasn't missing that flight. Like, that's how it was back then. It was like, you have to be on the, the plane. Like, we can't get to another flight. Like, if you don't get that plane, you're not getting back to Philadelphia. He goes undrafted, goes on to win Super Bowls, and now is one of the you know most respected men in football. Um, Bowls, awesome and great energy from him, rooting for him, and rooting for what, what Tampa does this offseason. Because I'll tell you, of all the teams that I spoke to this week, and I talked to everybody, really. I tried to get uh, you know time with everyone. Tampa has maybe the most precarious offseason decisions because they've got Baker who they, you know, they want to hopefully get him to agree to like some hometown discount. I would imagine he ain't doing that. Baker's going to have other options. So what's the number for Baker Mayfield? Is it, they have to pay what they paid Daniel Jones in New York. They have to pay $40 million to Baker Mayfield. It's a lot of money for Baker who made $4 million last year. Imagine making 10 X of what you make over one year. Then again, he got him to the divisional round. Then Antoine Winfield Jr. They're probably going to, you know, give them the tag if they can't get an extension done. But as I've made my case to Bulls in the commercial break, like as we're talking, I'm like, to me, that guy's a great safety. Pay him. Pay him top dollar. I don't know. Like, he's young. He's good. He's a great teammate. Like, pay him. And then Mike Evans, who before the season was like, this is my last as a Buccaneer. I'm done, you know, negotiating. He goes and has the best year of his pro career. I think he had 13 touchdowns. Like, Mike Evans was amazing. What do you do with him? They're all free agents. So is Levante David. So is Devin White. Uh, really interesting offseason in Tampa Bay, and it was cool to get time with Todd Bowles. All right, so we wrap Good Morning Football, and I bolt out of there because I have a standing date. One of the main reasons I had to get to Combine, I have a standing date going back many years now, 11 a.m. at Cafe Patachu, which is a, an unbelievable breakfast spot in Indianapolis. And that standing date is with Joe Shane, the GM of the Giants, and Brandon Bean, the GM of the Buffalo Bills. Those guys work together in Buffalo. They are very close friends. And I have somehow been brought into this great tradition where it's the three of us. We have breakfast every single year, Tuesday at the Combine. I was not missing this. I found a way to get there, obviously, from the show. Talked to Joe for a while. Talked to Brandon for a while. And I'll tell you, if you're going to Indianapolis and you're looking to go, I told those places at night. It's a free-for-all at night. You go there. It's just, you know, it's you know, 90 dudes, 10 women. Uh, you know, most of the women are, are individuals who we know who work in the media. And a lot of the dudes are coaches and media guys. But then you also have fans just flocking there to, like, get a selfie. Uh, Cafe Patachu. I don't want to give away any secrets. But you walk in there, you're going to see everyone. You're going to see, you know, all those executives. And in this case, we're sitting down there. And uh, multiple agents came by and said hello. Uh, you got Joel Siegel in one corner. You got um, Buddy Baker in another corner. You got uh, RJ uh, from CAA, who is Tony Romo's guy, in another area. Like 
it's just, it's one of those places where everyone's coming in and out and, you know, Harbaugh eats there most mornings, John Harbaugh, uh, Howie Roseman takes meetings there. Kevin Demoff from the Rams. That's usually his spot. Uh, Cafe Patichu, a little under the, under the radar spot. And our breakfast was awesome. Bean was in great spirits as a Bills fan, Aaron, I will tell you, they are feeling very good about the bounce back from that loss. It was heartbreaking, obviously, but they like what they have. I'd say one one possibility that just, you know, we'll see how it goes. But Gabe Davis, who was such a good Buffalo Bill as a free agent, I, you know, just a numbers game. And Brandon said, like, I would love nothing more than for Gabe Davis to come back. I don't know if we have enough money left to pay what he's going to get. And that might be the end of that road. But we'll see as Gabe Davis is a beloved Buffalo Bill um, and one of their many free agents. All right. So we wrap that. Go back and think like take a nap, right? No, no, because uh, my buddy Mike Greenberg, who also works for Tampa Bay, he's in town. Got to see him. He handles the salary cap. As I was saying, Buccaneers have all sorts of stuff. He and I get get a bite. As we're sitting there, Joe Barry, who was recently fired from the Green Bay Packers or stepped away, however you want to say it. I say fired. That sounds so negative. He might you know want to slip my neck. Like, I didn't get fired. I, I, I decided to leave. It was mutual. He's now working in Miami as the outside linebackers coach. And here was the coolest deal. I see Joe. He looks great. Great spirits. He says he got on a plane Monday from suburban Wisconsin outside of Green Bay. And it was negative 10 degrees and snowing. Got off the plane in Fort Lauderdale and it was 85 degrees and the sun was shining. And he's like, I don't know how my career goes, but like, I'm going to be all right. Like, I'll be okay. This is a good decision. He and Mike McDaniel have never worked together, but because of their shared overlaps with LaFleur and McVay and so many other people that have worked together, he's he's got a great fondness for Mike McDaniel and they've hung before. And so he said it's going great. The coolest part is this. And might ask you to Google his name and read a little resume if you get it. Joe's like, hey, Shrags, like you've always been a pal of mine. You're great. And I love Joe Barry. I think he's a great dude. His father-in-law is Rod Marinelli. I always knew that. Father-in-law is Rod Marinelli, former coach um, for many years, defensive line, was, of course, the Lions head coach, considered one of the best defensive line coaches of all time. So he's married to Rod's daughter. He says, this is my dad. Okay, meeting Joe Barry's dad. Google Joe Barry's dad. I got to get a first name for this because this guy needs his own TV show. Unbelievable dude, built like a brick house, just like jacked dude in his 70s. Does anything come up? Joe Barry's father, because he's telling me I was the offensive line coach at Tennessee under Phil Fulmer when we won in 98. Do we have a little bio on Mike Barry? Former O-line coach. He coached for high schools and then uh, the USFL. He okay. was with the San Antonio Gunslingers Keep and going. the Portland Breakers yep. and then the Detroit Lions. And he okay. played college football for Nebraska and Southern Illinois as a center. Okay. He ends up as the Tennessee offensive line coach for years, for under, years. Yeah. under Phil Fulmer in their glory years. And then we immediately start talking, and I don't know where it went there. We start talking about the Team Martin 98 Tennessee Volunteers, and I start listing that backfield. I'm like, you got Jamal Lewis, you got Travis Stevens, you got Travis Henry, you got Sean Bryson. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. How the hell do you know this, son? I'm like, because I love that team. And then Joe Barry starts chiming in. He's like, and on defense, they had Al Wilson and Raynock Thompson. This is the beauty of the combine. We now get into a 15-minute conversation about the 98 Tennessee Volunteers. And he said, he walked into the O-line room and 
And, you know, Peyton Manning for all his time at Tennessee had never beaten Florida. And this gentleman, Mike Barry, comes in as the offensive line coach, refresh off Peyton Manning, never been able to get over Florida. And he says, we ain't losing them Florida Gators. And then Tennessee comes out there and they bully Florida around and they win. And T. Martin beats the Florida Gators and Steve Spurrier. And I'm ready to run through a wall. And I'm like, the combine, baby, let's talk. Uh, It was great. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. So I have those two interactions. It was awesome. But then the big one on Tuesday night is I have another standing dinner, and it's with uh, it's with Sean Payton, and it's with Mickey Loomis, who's the general manager of the Saints, and then George Payton joined us who works for the Denver Broncos as their general manager. And, and then I love this. They brought around, around a guy named Mike Ornstein, nicknamed Orny. I'd say Google Orny. I would say Google Orny, just like Shane Gillis said, Google it, but let's not talk about it. That's it. Orny has one of the most decorated careers in football. Uh, I truly think there could be a movie made on Orny. He worked for Al Davis and the Raiders. He worked for the league and he, for a long time, has been Sean Payton's guy. He doesn't work for Denver, but he is affiliated with Sean Payton, and Sean Payton will go to bat for Orny, and will and will be there. And Orny comes; he's got to be in his seventies. I don't know how old he is, but he's still sharp as a tack. And he's sitting at our table, and he's telling us stories from yesteryear. He's telling us about when Roger Goodell was a was a PR guy for the Jets and how he knew Roger Goodell then. He's talking about, you know, Tagliabue. And then he starts getting into the Sean Payton Saints days and, and what they were building there in New Orleans and just how many wild stories there were. Sean is in unbelievable spirits. Now, I know it's February. 
And I know there's no reason not to be happy. Like, like this Russell Wilson thing is looming. And yet here's Sean Payton, cool as could be, at St. Elmo's. Two different people come over to say hello. One of them is Brian Harlan, who is now a coach's agent, but he's Kevin Harlan's brother. Their father, Bob, was long affiliated with the Chicago Bears. So Brian comes over. Brian represents, I think, both Harbaugh brothers, represents a few other people. And he was regaling us with stories of when Sean Payton interviewed for the Green Bay Packers before he took the Saints job. And Orny keeps on jiving. Yeah, but you didn't hire him. You didn't hire him. You guys didn't hire him. And Orny's just got Peyton's back. Like, yeah, yeah, you loved them so much with the Packers, but you guys didn't hire him. You guys didn't hire him. And Sean's like, all right, Orny, enough. I get it. It's great. Uh, but I don't even know that side of Sean Payton, that he went and he interviewed with the Packers, didn't get the Packers job, and then got the Saints job. So he was talking about that whole process and how, what an honor it would have been to have been the Packers head coach. I'm like, what a fascinating, like, across the road, he would have had Aaron Rodgers, who knows, instead of Drew Brees, and like, what would have happened there? Uh, we talked about Russell. Talked about Russell. There'll be news coming on Russell, obviously. Um, and then we went down memory lane about the combine. And Mickey Loomis is is incredible with this stuff. Mickey was with Seattle for many years. Came over. He was a Chuck Knox disciple. Comes over to the Saints the same around the same time as Sean, 2002, 2003. And has been with the Saints ever since. Longest tenure GM in the league. He has incredible stories. And he was telling me that, you know, we're in St. Elmo's. And as we're in there and Harlan comes over to say hi and a couple other people come over here and there's a kid, <laughs> there's a kid who comes by and it's like, yo, to Sean Payton, I love it. He's like, yo, I'm friends with Gary V. And Sean's looking at him like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm dying inside. And he's like, and he's like, yeah, Gary V. And like, Sean has no idea who Gary V is. Maybe he does, but like he does a Gary V day and like Sean takes a photo with this guy. And I'm like, I love the combine. Only here could some 20 year old guy be like, I know Gary V is that the end of Sean Payton and Sean Payton's looking at him cross-eyed. Like, I don't know what that means, but okay, like, great. And I'm sitting at the table like, I know who Gary V is he's talking about nfts and collectibles on, on, my, on my timeline um shout out to gary vannerchuk i'll come on your podcast if you want me uh but Sean, mickey loomis is like once upon a time you'd come here and it was you know you'd have peter king you'd have john clayton you'd have chris mortensen you'd have will mcdonough and it would just be that as far as media and now you look around and it's every team has their own in-house media team. You've got NFL Network sending a brigade of reporters. You've got ESPN sending their entire army. And you've got every newspaper, radio station, everyone sending it. And it's it's great for content because you have access to everyone there. And Mickey's just like, it's unbelievable what this thing has become. And I said to him, well, do you think NIL money might change this thing? And he's like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, well, if the college kids are all getting paid, do they necessarily need to be, you know, coming to the combine again? He's like, I, I, you know, the whole table is like, I think there's a great value for all these prospects and for coaches and general managers for being here in person, getting to see the person in person and getting the chance to go through the interview process and get to meet face-to-face -face as opposed to on a Zoom screen. Um, that was Tuesday night. NFL Network had a little get-together uh, at Prime 47. I popped over there, said hello to everybody. It was great. And then I made the conscious decision, nine o'clock, get into bed because we've got a long week ahead, go to sleep, get on my plane. After we do Good Morning Football, full show Good Morning Football was great. Get on the plane and who's sitting right in front of me but John Mara, the uh, owner and chairman of the New York Giants who was there for competition committee stuff. And I'm like, if I ever want to be humbled or if I ever want to just know like, like, all right, hot shit, like here's your... If the owner of the Giants is sitting in front of me on a commercial flight at you know 11 a.m. at Indianapolis, don't ever get too big for your britches. Like it's good to see that sometimes and realize like, hey, 
okay. Like if he's flying like that and he's dealing with the same, you know, issues of an airport, I could, I could stop bitching about all my, you know, flight delays and whatever else. Um, get back, do the show today, do the show tomorrow, and then I'll be right back in Indy. But real quick, some takeaways. As I said, this will be a quicker podcast. No guests. Just wanted to give them a recap of my week. Um, the Caleb Williams thing is fascinating. So I've got all these notes in front of me because I literally have a notebook when I go there and I write things down. Here are some notable NIL endorsement deals that Caleb Williams had at USC. Wendy's, Dr. Pepper, Nissan, United Airlines, PlayStation, Neutrogena. He has reportedly, I have this down in my notes, has reportedly made around 10 to $12 million in NIL deals and endorsements. Combine's here. Caleb Williams decides he's not going to arrive the same day everyone else does. I'm going to come a day later. Okay. I'm also not going to necessarily go through the medical examinations that every quarterback who's ever been to the combine has done. I'm just going to say, I'm good. You guys don't need to inspect me. I'm also not going to throw. I'm also not going to run. And I don't know if he's going to be sticking around much longer after Friday night's interviews with with the media where he's got to just do one podium session. I'm not sure he's going to even stick around for the day that they do the drills. Um, and already there's that buzz of, does he love this? Is he entitled? You know, what's his deal? And I think it's a really interesting case study. He is the first NIL superstar to enter the draft where he is a no-brainer top overall pick and he has $12 million in his pocket. And without a traditional football agent, which he doesn't have, he's got a team of managers and his father's very, very involved. Does he have to play by the rules? Is it a huge turnoff that he doesn't want to throw at the combine? Is it a huge turnoff that he comes a day later? Is it a huge turnoff that he lives in LA right now in a beautiful apartment that overlooks all of Los Angeles and doesn't necessarily need to play by the NFL's traditional combine rules? I can't find anyone with rational thinking and right mind thinking that this is not a fair comparison to compare him to quarterbacks of yesteryear. Like this is apples to oranges. Now, is it easier to just suck it up and say, all right, I'll be there on time. I'll come and do all the stuff and I'll, I won't miss, I won't be a day you know, later than everyone else, whatever. Maybe, maybe that makes it simpler, but I also think we're looking at it in a different lens and in a weird way. And I say this with NFL being a part of this podcast, like, is he doing the combine a favor, even attending it? Because he knows he's going first overall. Does he even have to be there at all? He showed up. He's going to do the interviews. I know he interviewed with Washington. I talked to Cliff. said, you know, it was great seeing, you know, Caleb again. He's got a bunch of different interviews. He's going to go through the process. But uh, this is where we pick people apart. And this is the time where I would say be cautious in doing that with the NIL athlete. And especially a guy who's made so much and has been so famous and has already been told from basically everyone that you're the number one overall pick you do something horribly wrong in the next two months, you're going number one overall. There's nothing the other guys can do to jump it. Now, where he goes, that's still yet to be determined. But I think it was a real, and like the fact he came and showed up, like that checks the box for me. And do the interviews, meet the teams. I don't need you to be doing flips. And I certainly don't need you uh, to be risking anything on the performance and the workouts. Aaron, just coming at it from an outsider's perspective, when you hear that every other quarterback arrived on one day and every other quarterback's going to do the medical examination and that Caleb's maybe taking a different route. Does it rub you wrong as a football fan? Or is it, I have to look at it as a business now and that's exactly what this is and this kid doesn't need to do any of that. Yeah, I think 
if it weren't so, if he hadn't had this past year of just being presumed as the top quarterback in a in a class full of great quarterback prospects, it might be different. Like if he came in and was like, uh, actually, I'll do everything, but I don't want to get weighed. That's the one thing I won't let you do. That would be a red flag. Yeah, like, but what? the fact that he's just like, what, what else does he have to prove? I mean, you know, and so I think it's, he is fascinating as a, pr- a prospect. I don't think I need to watch him throw anymore to know that. I Like, he has plenty of tape doing that and scrambling, and all the questions are there, obviously. Um, you know, can he, can he, play within himself and not sort of get scattered too much, but that's not going to happen. To me, it's, this is more about entitlement and whether people are turned off by it. And from what I gather, the NFL people are like, you can't be turned off by it. And if you've been following college football, that's what these college coaches are dealing with every day. And how can you say, I mean, I know the question is like, does he love it? This is the guy who like lost the game and had so much emotion because he lost like, I think that's I think it's a silly question. Does he care about it? I've heard from I've heard from people not in the football world, but like you know fans. When I tweet about Caleb Williams, that like he cried to his mommy after a loss. I'm like, geez, like it's it, like these are things that he's gonna have to answer, and he will. But I also think that's like I don't think it's a negative either. The guy was emotional. That was it. So curious. It look you hear this stuff drives a fancy car, has a sick apartment. It's a, it was all above water. Like it used to be like so taboo, but like. It's legal now. You can't hold that against him. So I think that's one interesting one. The other one, and we're gonna we're gonna see him work out. I don't know what to make of JJ McCarthy, Michigan quarterback, national champion. And I say that and it sounds like I'm being like, hmm, here's the deal. Everybody says he's unbelievable. And he's he's been an amazing interview. I talked to multiple people who've interviewed him, like kids out of this world. But at Michigan, there are games including the Penn State game, where he wasn't asked to throw the ball. He was asked to hand the ball off. And in a lot of ways, his stats do not match up with these other top prospects. I mean, talking about Jaden Daniels, ran for 3,000 yards and threw for 12,000 yards in college football. It's the only player in NFL history to do that. You're going to put him in the same room as J.J. McCarthy, who against Penn State didn't throw the ball in the second half. That said, ultimate winner. I think he's lost three games since middle school is what I've heard which is incredible. Um, and then the crazy part is, you know, Harbaugh came out and was like, he's the greatest Michigan quarterback to ever play. And that includes Harbaugh, includes Brady, includes all these guys. Harbaugh went out and said that. So JJ's going to, it sounds like JJ's going to do the workouts um, and he's going to throw and he's going to do all the drills and all that stuff. So this is an opportunity for him. I think he's one of the rare guys that it's like, okay, Apples to apples when you're going up against a Bo Nix and a Michael Penix who are going to be out there and who are, you know, very decorated throwers of the football. Like, can you hang? Can you do the same thing? Now, the player and the person are all beloved, but when you get on the field, like the drills, I think that's going to be really interesting to see how he shapes up. Um, and the last one is like, who's going to be your your combine breakout star? Who's the guy that's going to show up and like just absolutely light this thing up. Um, I've got a few names. The guy that I'm really excited for is actually the Texas wide receiver, A.D. Mitchell, also known as, I think his surname is, his full name is Adonai Mitchell. Um, The wide receiver class is loaded. I love this kid, Ricky Pearsall out of Florida, who was a transfer from Arizona State, who does like one-handed catches. 
But A.D. Mitchell, I think he's going to have one of these freak combine performances. I think the Washington wide receiver, Rome Adunze, is competing, which I love. I think Neighbors is not, and I think Marvin Harrison is not. So cross those two off. But very deep wide receiver class. That's all Saturday. Saturday, the the, the quarterbacks are fascinating in that you're not going to get your top two or three. I think May also said he's not throwing. But Knicks, Penix, J.J. McCarthy, all those guys, Sam Hartman, those guys are going to throw. So you got enough big names that you know from the college game. Um, there's always going to be a 40-yard dash that blows us away. There's always going to be a big man on Thursday night who's going to you know, razzle-dazzle us. But I'm most excited for the wide receiver group, I think, on Saturday. And I meant circle that name, A.D. Mitchell. I think that guy can burn, and I think he will burn uh, when we get out there on Saturday. All right, quick podcast. I got to run. I'm headed to Indianapolis again. Um, Aaron, I appreciate you doing this. Uh, and Jason, I appreciate you guys making it around my schedule. Hopefully, listeners, you enjoy this. Trust me, next week, we'll do a full download. We will give you full draft preview. And we might bring on uh, a guest who is there that has maybe got front office lens on it that can break it down. Um, but I hope you enjoyed the stories from the combine. I'm trying to think if there's anything that will blow you away. Uh, Sean Payton eat the the cocktail sauce. I'm trying to think if he ate the horseradish or not. He might have stayed away. Actually, I think Sean didn't even have a steak. I think he's down on weight. He's looking good. Andy went for it. Andy went with the fries. I think Sean had multiple salads and a soup, which is an interesting order. Um, I'm heading back to Indianapolis. I'll see all these guys again, and I'll have more stories. But for the season with Peter Schrager, Jason English, Aaron Wong Kaufman, love you listeners. Thanks for listening. All right, on to Indy. The Season with Peter Schrager is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.